Health is everything. Health is everything. La salud lo es todo. La santé est tout. Health is everything. Health is everything. Hi, I'm Eleanor Barrett, age 10. You're listening to Health is Everything, No Kidding, a podcast from the Emory University Center for the Study of Human Health. I started this podcast when I was eight, which is the same age that my mom started her radio show called No Kidding. Way back then, my mom hosted a talk show where she interviewed doctors about health issues that mattered to kids. Now it's my turn, and there's a lot to talk about. Health is everything. Have you ever wondered how kids learn to read? You had to learn to read, or maybe you're still learning right now, and it's not like it just happens overnight. Language is made up of different sounds. Letters and clusters of letters make different sounds, and when you put them together, they make words. A lot of words. Many children learn the sounds that letters make naturally, over time. But for other kids, reading and writing can be a bit more challenging. I am dyslexic. That means I see words differently than most of my classmates. Learning to read didn't just happen naturally for me. Letters like B and D, P and Q, well, those just look the same to me on pages sometimes. And it makes things difficult to sound out. I also skip over words when I'm reading, which makes me confused about what's happening in the story. Somewhere between 10% and 20% of the population had dyslexia. If you reverse your letters and numbers, and if you skip words while you're reading, and if handwriting and spelling are difficult for you, you might even have dyslexia. Dyslexia isn't a disease. It's a different way of seeing the world. There are a lot of intelligent people who have dyslexia. Famous people, including George Washington, Picasso, and Albert Einstein, were dyslexic. I was diagnosed with dyslexia when I was seven years old. I have been working with tutors at the University of Wisconsin Speech and Hearing Clinic for nearly three years now, and now I can read. I can even read difficult books like Harry Potter. Today I'm joined by Professor Heather Krug, a speech and language pathologist at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. During her impressive career, Professor Krug has worked in medical settings, schools, and clinics in private practice. She worked with children, teenagers, and adults. And before coming to UW-Madison, she worked with veterans with traumatic brain injuries. Professor Krug has also worked with me the last three years, so it's pretty exciting to be able to ask her some questions for a change. Welcome to No Kidding. Well, thank you, Eleanor. I'm so glad to be here with you and talk to you about dyslexia. It's, it is fun to see the tables turned a little bit, so I'm looking forward to your questions. Yeah. So in kids' language, what is dyslexia? Well, dyslexia really causes problems with reading and spelling. And as you mentioned, Eleanor, it relates to difficulties with sounding out words, breaking words down so that when you see a word on a page, you say, oh, I can pronounce that word. I know that word. I recognize that word uh, as something familiar to me. And how do you figure out if someone has dyslexia, though? Because that, that can be like really hard. Like you can like think you have it because you mess up sometimes. But like, how do you figure it out? Yeah, that's a really good question. And dyslexia is just one reason that students might have reading problems, right? So they, it's true that uh, not all reading problems are caused by dyslexia. So the best um, 
step? Well, the first indicator, usually the way that most people um, have an idea that they might have a problem is that reading is harder for them than they think it should be. And then after that, uh, they can get tested by a specialist, um, either a reading specialist, a psychologist, or a speech language pathologist like me, uh, somebody who um, knows a little bit about the processes, how the brain processes words and sounds when they're, when a person is reading. And for kids who don't have dyslexia, can you explain what someone sees when we try to read? Eleanor, that is a fascinating question. And I don't, uh, you know, I think that's a good question to ask people who have dyslexia, how it is for them. One thing that I hear a lot is, you know, frustration or panic because the student is looking at the word and saying, you know, I, I'm not sure what this word is. And I don't know, you know, how everybody feels about this, but sometimes there's a lot of pressure on kids when you're in school, right, to read words out loud. So what they see, I'm not as good at answering that, but what they are thinking and what they tell me they're thinking can be things like confusion, panic, um, worry, uh, and then sometimes joy and gladness when they're like, oh, I see a word I recognize. That's always a great feeling. Yeah. What do you do to help a kid with dyslexia learn to read? Well, again, boy, I think, Eleanor, I would love to hear what you think about this too, but uh, working with a specialist who has experience and knowledge with dyslexia is the best way to go because kids with dyslexia, as you know, they process differently than other students. And so you want to be working with a professional that's familiar with dyslexia, and they can work with you on developing those skills that are hardest for a student. So things like sounding out words, being able to break down words and spell words and get what we call that phonics knowledge, get that a little bit better and work on a fancy word that Eleanor, I know you know, called phonological awareness, right? Being able to break those sounds apart. Mm -hmm. Is there a myth or mistake people often make when they think about dyslexia? Yeah, sometimes there are misunderstandings about what dyslexia is. One thing that can happen is that sometimes, because some people, uh, people who don't have dyslexia, sometimes reading can be pretty easy for them. And so when they encounter somebody who has dyslexia, who struggles with it, they kind of go, well, why doesn't that person want to read? Are they lazy maybe, right? So maybe people get the wrong idea about kids with dyslexia. I really like graphic novels. I find them easier to read. Are words with pictures easier for kids with dyslexia as they are learning to get better at reading? Yeah, so such a good question, Eleanor. Thank you for that question. Yeah, pictures can help a lot, right? Because it's a different way of processing. Processing to sound out words when you're reading is different than looking at a picture. And they're two, right? Reading and looking at pictures are two great ways to get meaning from things. So that is so cool that you'd use those pictures to help you. And you're not alone. There are a lot of kids that do that. It's a really good idea. What about reading the same book over and over again? Is that something, is that a good idea for someone with dyslexia? Because I do that a lot too. Oh, that's so awesome. See, Eleanor, you are so smart about strategies and ways to help yourself. And that's why you are so successful. You're such a great student. And that's right. If you, especially if you're reading something that you enjoy, 
that's great that you're interested in, read it repeatedly. It will help you work on that process of what we call decoding, sounding outwards. And it will also help you become more fluent or become a faster reader. So you can get in, then you can process more information faster, the faster you can read. Speaking of like coding, and it, that reminds me of the question I had for typing, um, is you told me once typing is kind of easier than writing for some dyslexic kids. Um, so I'm learning how to touch type and stuff like that. Is that is that like really good for? Yeah, that can be that can be great, Eleanor. Um, you know, again, um, not everybody with dyslexia is exactly the same, but yeah, a lot of kids with dyslexia will uh, do better with typing than writing. Um, you know, some kids with dyslexia also have another challenge, which we call dysgraphia, and that makes handwriting difficult for them. And for some of those kids, typing can be a little easier. Uh, some of them might use speech to text uh, to have the computer uh, type out the word for them when they speak. So, yeah, those are really great ways, right? Because there's not just one way uh, to express your words on a page. You can use writing, you can use typing. So, yeah, we recommend typing for a number of students with dyslexia. Yeah, speaking of technology in that too, like technology can help with that, right? Too, too right? Um, yeah. I listen to like audiobooks and I use the C pen and mm -hmm. I've heard that there's a special font for dyslexic kids on on the Kindle. Uh, is that is that can that help with dyslexia too? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you know, again, that's something that usually, you know, people with dyslexia have to experiment with different things and see what's gonna work best for them. Audiobooks are one of my favorite technologies for people with dyslexia. And I know you love them. And you, it's so great to hear you tell me about stories that you've heard on audiobooks. It's just another way to get information in besides reading. So, um, you know, another one is like even using spell check, right? That can be helpful sometimes. Yeah, I do that a lot when I'm working on projects. Are people with dyslexia sometimes really good at other things too? Yes. Did you have something in mind sometimes that they can be good at? There's a lot of different things. I In the intro, I said that um, George Washington was, uh, who, who, if you don't know, was a leader in the American Revolution and was the first president of the United States. And he, he, like, he was a leader and we think that he had dyslexia too. So maybe a, quali a quality that you could have is leadership. Yes. Yeah. Every Everybody's different, but yeah, there can be, um, a lot of great qualities that people with dyslexia have. Some of them are really great leaders. Some of them are really compassionate and empathetic people that really understand. And so sometimes they're really great people persons. And that can often make a good leader. Um, I'm sure there are other reasons, you know, why Washington was a great leader. Um, they can also be really creative people. Um, that some people with dyslexia are very good with visual spatial skills. They can think about how to build things or how to how things are put together. Um, and that's just a few things to name. What do you think everyone should know about dyslexia? I think what you just said, Eleanor, about that people with dyslexia have lots of different special qualities, but also that having dyslexia does not mean that a person is less intelligent. Uh, there are so many skills in the world, so many things we can be good at. Music, arts, reading, writing, science, math, leadership, business, right? 
everybody has different things that are easier for them or harder for them. And reading is just one of those things. So people should know not to assume things about people with dyslexia until they get to know them. So Eleanor, you asked me about what students with dyslexia see when they're reading. And I mentioned to you that I, I don't have dyslexia, so it's not the same for me, but I've heard what other students tell me. Um, you have dyslexia, so I'm just wondering for you, would you mind telling me a little bit about what that's like? Uh, with the intro, mom capitalized uh, the like D and P and B so that I would be able to tell them apart. And I just think that's kind of funny because I mean, and I could tell them apart, like, and that's thanks to you guys for teaching me. So that's a lot of great awareness about how things go for you. You so you're saying that the capital letters are um, sometimes easier to see, maybe. Yeah. So we yeah, B, D, P, and Q. I I read those in the wrong order in the intro, but I mean. Well, your intro sounded great to me, Eleanor. And I think that awareness, right, helps you to work around uh, those difficulties. So I think that's great. It's a really good skill to be able to talk about what's difficult for us and then go, and I can move forward and work around that. And you do that all the time. Yeah, like I make my lower I, lowercase b's and d's look the same. And then mm -hmm. I butterfly them. Like I add the hump on the other side. And John asks me, are you drawing a butterfly? And I'm saying, no, I'm trying to make like, John is my brother. I'm trying to make like a b or a d or any or like a q or anything like it's just hard yeah that's so interesting do you how do you feel about um do you feel differently about making mistakes when you're writing has that was it hard for you when you were younger or what was it like it was harder for me when i was younger than than how it is now like my handwriting really improved i can i think a lot of more more people can read my handwriting than when I was in second, third grade. Okay. Do you, um, did you ever do things like when you said the butterfly idea, that made me think of something that I see too with some students is um, sometimes they'll use for like those B and D reversals, you know, they're really common, right? Because they're so similar. It's just like, when I look at it, I go, okay, well, which way does the bump flip? on the letter is it on the right side or the left side they're so similar i think of it like the b is facing towards your writing and the d is facing the other way great great strategy right and and if you don't have those strategies it might be like oh i'm afraid to write this you know and so sometimes some kids you know they'll write a capital letter instead because they're more confident I know what the capital letter looks like. I, my brain sometimes does that automatically in, in my writing. And then my teacher, Miss Hall, will sometimes circle it and point out that I need to look to make it largest. What do you think that people should know about people with dyslexia? What can you say? What words of wisdom do you have? That just because we are a little bit different, it doesn't really mean that we're like bad in that way. That's for sure. You just said a mouthful. Thank you so much for joining me, Professor Krug, and answering my questions and, sh and sharing all this information with the kids everywhere. Thank you, Eleanor. It was a pleasure. Health is everything. Health is everything. La salud lo es todo. La santé est tout. Health is everything. Health is everything. 
Thank you for listening to Health is Everything, No Kidding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe, share it with a friend, or rate it on Apple Podcasts. You can visit us at exploringhealth.org and follow the Emory University Center for the Study of Human Health at EmoryCSHH on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Until next time!